Welcome to the Tally Room Podcast. I'm Ben Rowie. In today's episode, we'll be previewing this weekend's Aston by-election. My guest today is William Bowe from The Poll Bludger. Hello again, William. We've just finished recording our state election podcast, um, but welcome back. Great to be here. Well, to still be here. So Aston is a marginal Liberal seat. It's going to be having a by-election this Saturday, April the 1st, and uh, Alan Tudge retained the seat in 2022 with a 2.8% margin after a large swing. This does suggest the seat could be in play, but no federal government has gained a seat from the opposition at a by-election in over 100 years. William, does Labor really have a chance to pick up this seat? I guess so. It's hard to say. We haven't seen any opinion polling. Uh, as you say, you know, th- th- this sort of gets mentioned a lot. I think you have to go back 100 years to find a situation where uh, the incumbent party lost a seat at a federal by-election. Uh, Labor came awfully close to losing Eden Monero, though, in the previous German government. And uh, this is a party that was in opposition, and opposition supposedly do well at by-elections. So, uh, you know, that they're in the flush of their honeymoon, I guess. You know, that's the, the, the polling shows. There was, a, there was a bit of talk late last year that the honeymoon was over for Albanese, but uh, recently it's uh, Labor, Labor's most recent federal polling has been very strong. Um, I would make the point that historically, though, these sorts of federal honeymoon periods haven't really translated at by-elections. If you look at the, because, you know, people remember, or all the people remember at least, that uh, Bob Hawke had stratospheric popularity during his first year of Prime Minister. But if you look at the by-elections that were happening then, and there were a lot of them, a lot of people who had been Fraser government ministers were quitting politics, as so often happens after a change of government. Labor's performance at those by-elections was not at all special. You know, the, the, the results basically replicated the 1983 election. They had a disappointing defeat in Morton, which was a very marginal seat in Brisbane. Uh, Labor didn't win that seat. And I'm 12, even though I was 11 or 12, I actually have a vague childhood memory of there being recriminations in Labor that they hadn't won the Morton by-election. Uh, but what so when I went back and looked at the other by-elections that were occurring, there were one for Hughes, which was back then a marginal seat. Labor didn't win that one either. So you know the, what what happened then? You know similar circumstance. Now Labor massively ahead of the polls, but when they had by-elections, they just basically replicated the results of the federal election. Uh, going back to the Rudd government, there was the Gippsland by-election, uh, similar circumstance, you know, a, a Howard government minister that doesn't want to hang around on the back bench, quits politics. Some of the more excitable Labor people thought that on the back of the Kevin Rudd honeymoon, here was a good opportunity to win a seat that they'd never won before. But that result was very surprisingly bad for Labor. There was a very solid swing to the Nationals. Um, at that time, it's, it's a forgotten issue now, I think, but there was the Alco Pops tax that, you know, the, the one revenue raising measure that Labor had brought in. The Nationals were successful in pivoting that into a by-election issue and to present the, issue, the, the, the message to the people that, all right, you... Obviously, it's too early for people to think that it's time to throw out the Labor government, but I think it is pretty easy at by-elections to identify some issue that voters will respond to, to say, this is an opportunity to send 
a message to the newly elected government. Don't get cocky. You know, if you've done anything that looks like a broken promise, you know, here's an opportunity to, you know, to, to say, hold your horses to the government. And, uh, you know, that may well be what we see in Aston. It was a big swing to Labor at the federal election, as it was throughout Eastern Melbourne, interestingly. Um, maybe it's uh, a little bit that the margin at the moment flatters Labor a little bit. Maybe, you know, after two, you know, the state election, Labor won that pretty emphatically. Maybe people will, will, will have a feeling that, you know, we do need to send a little bit of a message of Labor to have a little bit of humility. So on balance, my feeling is that the Liberals will hold, but I would be a lot more confident about that if I saw some polling. And to my knowledge, there has not been any in any shape or form. No. And it's interesting that these these by-elections tend to focus the mind of voters. You know, they broadly like the idea of the government, but when they they get the choice of, do you want to give this government more power? They go, nah, nah, I don't like them that much. Um, looking at Aston, just describing it a little bit, it's in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne. In terms of the booths in the seat, it's very much got a split where the northern part of the seat leans more to Labor. And then when you get south of the Burwood Highway, it, uh, the booths have tended to vote Liberal, at least this is at the 2022 federal election. So Labor was winning the booths in Bayswater and Baronia and the Basin, while the Liberal Party was winning the booths in Wonturner and Knoxfield and uh, Roeville and Ferntree Gullies kind of split down the middle. Liberals winning Scoresby too. We don't normally have the time to go into booth level stuff uh, on a on a podcast, but I thought federal by election we might spend thirty seconds on that. Um, but that's generally the shape of this seat. It's not the electorate in Melbourne that has the largest proportion of Chinese Australian residents, citizens, but it it does have a reasonably large population. And there was a whole question in the federal election about that because Labor picked up a number of seats in areas that have a large Chinese-Australian population. They also held on to Parramatta kind of thanks to the Chinese vote going up while they went down in the other part of the seat, uh, you know, but it, it was Reid and Benelong and Chisholm and they, they did surprisingly well in Deakin and Menzies as well. And Aston's kind of on the edge of that zone. So that will be a factor to look up as well. But I think, William, you'll agree with me on this. There will be absolutely people will be over the top about implications of what this by-election means. There are not that many implications. The Liberals will probably get re-elected here. Maybe that Labor could still go on to win the seat at the next federal election. Maybe the trends will continue to improve for Labor and they'll win it. Hello, Monero, you know, that. but that doesn't mean that it's going to happen now. It doesn't mean the end of Albanese if he loses the by-election. If Labor wins the by-election, maybe that will legitimately raise some questions for the coalition. Um, but overall, I think probably whatever happens, people will probably overreact a little bit to the result. Yeah, even so, though, the overreaction is, a, you know, a, a live factor of its own, you know. And I think, you know, if Labor lose, they will be able to brush it off, you know, sort of say, well, you know, there's always points against the government at by-elections. We haven't won this seat. 
recall that there was a, a very consequential Aston by-election, which uh, became a sort of entered folklore as the occasion where these worm turned in favour of the Liberals in 2001. That was particularly interesting because it was pre-Tamper and it was pre-9-11. So for people who wanted to sort of make the argument did Howard get lucky in 2001 because a couple of contingent circumstances played out for him? Uh, people who say, no, this underestimates the political greatness of John Howard. He was actually well on his way on his own to turning the equation around back to the Liberals. The evidence you need for that is the Aston by-election. I think it was felt in at that time the GST had been just introduced it appeared to be very unpopular initially, and all the Liberals were doing very badly in opinion polling in early 2001. They lost the Ryan by-election in February 2001 in Brisbane. It's the only time the Labor has ever won that seat, I think. So, you know, it looked like, you know, there was a by-election loss for the Liberals that portended the looming defeat of the Liberal government. But then a few more months down the track, the, federal, the the Howard government sort of uh, changed course a little bit, uh, introduced a few sweeteners into their budget that year, I think, uh, and the then they had another by-election, and this time they had a morale-boosting win. Labor did not repeat their success at the Ryan by-election, and uh, come the Aston by-election, you know, that supposedly signalled a turning point to uh, the revival of Howard leading to his re-election at the November 2001 election, regardless of, you know, whether or not Tampa or 9-11 had turned things around. Um, so, you know, Labor, if they don't win, you know, they'll have a long history of saying, well, of course there was a swing against us. There's always swinging against like governments at by-elections. This is not a major repudiation of us. However, if the Liberals lose, then, you know, Dutton is going to be presented with that really horrible question. You have just lost a by-election as an incumbent party for the first time in a century. Albert Anthony Albanese only very narrowly dodged that bullet at Eden Monero, though, in whatever year that was when uh, Mike Kelly left, you know, during the previous term. You know, Labor just held on in that election by the skin of their teeth. That result was a straightforward replication of the result at the 2019 election, which is basically what I'm saying I think will happen here. But both times it went down to the wire. And, you know, maybe if the weather had been a bit different or, you know, some contingent factor had occurred, then Anthony Albanese would have been that, you know, person with that millstone around his neck. You know, obviously you're politically hopeless. Obviously you're a liability. You know, you can't even hold a by-election in opposition. Maybe that would have been terminal for him. But, you know, clearly that would have been an over-analysis of it. That would have been reading too much importance into something that, you know, people are are inclined to overanalyze. I dare say the same will be true if the Liberals lose in Aston, but nonetheless, it will be an awful look for Peter Dutton if they don't win. Candidate selection as well, that's worth mentioning. Um, the Liberal Party, it seemed there was a little bit of drama around their choice of their candidate, Rashina Campbell, who did not go through a Democratic Party pre-selection, uh, and that annoyed some people. One of the things that I was interested in there was Labor called this by-election super quickly. There's lots of time to have a by-election in the middle of this year. They went for a by-election the week after the state election. 
uh, and it kind of caught the Liberals off guard and didn't really give them time. And Labor already had the candidate lined up. She'd run in 2022. They just resurrected her, brought her out again. Uh, that that could be a small factor, something worth watching as well if if the Liberals lose, that, um, you know, Labor, Labor probably played a clever hand there. It's a fascinating question because, you know, this whole issue of not giving the rank and file a vote, this has bedeviled the Liberal Party in Victoria over the last five years. The membership are very cranky that their democratic plebiscites are being taken away from them. But you can see why it's happening. You look, need look no further than New South Wales. Where you know we you had in the Liberal Party these reforms that democratise the pre-selection process, and you know that sounds very high-minded and hard to argue with. But what it actually means is that you are empowering a party membership, which is not representative of the population as a whole, and just drives the party too far to the right. And it seems to me that in New South Wales the party membership were getting a lot of these uh, opportunities to choose candidates and they were taking the opportunity to thumb their nose at the party leadership and to thumb their nose at some what I think were pretty serious electoral imperatives to not repeat the state mistakes of the federal election, to put in candidates in these sorts of northern beaches and harbourside seats who negated the threat of the Teal Independents. The, they wanted Teal Independent-like candidates to run for the Liberal Party in these seats. They wanted professional women running there. And that was a red rag to the bull of the Liberal Party membership in these seats, who, being told this, said, well, this is identity politics. This is uh, wokeness. This is exactly what we are, what, what gets us out of the bed in the morning to oppose this stuff. And in seat after seat, these pre-selections where the party leadership were sort of saying, please choose a woman for us, they then proceeded to do the opposite. I think that this uh, weighed into the equation in Victoria and, uh, you know, it, it's not always straightforwardly a gender issue, you know, but they wanted a woman to run. And they wanted that woman to not be a more redeeming. So I think that probably very sensibly the Liberal Party did take the uh, pre-selection out of the hands of the party. That's actually historically not unusual. It, at by-elections, it is very rarely the case that the party has a rank-and-file ballot. Usually say that they say there isn't time. And that may have been a factor in Labor deciding to spring on the by-election quickly as possible. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure about the, the implications of that. But, you know, it, it, it is par for the course, actually, that there isn't a party, a rank-and-file ballot for the major parties when there's a by-election. But in the specific circumstance of the Victorian Liberal Party, uh, you know, there has been a long-simmering rebellion about the fact that, you know, the rank-and-file had not been given a say. They're very cranky about it. And, uh, you know, it, it would have been tough for them to say to them yet again, no, you don't, we're deciding the candidate. But I think they probably did decide the candidate pretty soundly. This isn't going to change the votes of the voters in Aston on mass. So in terms of the immediate imperative, I think the Liberal Party did the right thing. But they're, they're, they've got a very cranky membership in that state at the moment. So that's about it for this episode of the Tally Room Podcast. Thank you, William, for joining me. Thank you very much. 
You can find this podcast on your podcast app of choice. If you like the show, please consider rating or reviewing us on iTunes. You can follow the Tally Room on Mastodon at tallyroom at mastodon.au or like us on Facebook. This podcast is made possible thanks to the generous support of our donors on Patreon. Sign up at patreon.com slash tallyroom. And I want to just say that we're about to go through a bit of a quiet period with elections. So if you like this work, please consider signing up. And William, you also have your own donation page as well if people want to support your work. Yes, indeed. Uh, I fear that, that Ben and I may have some lean months coming up. The uh, best we can hope for is more federal by-elections, which may happen. But yes, it's we haven't got a major election until the Queensland state election in October 2024. So check out both of our websites if you'd like to support our work. Information about this podcast is available at tallyroom.com.au and you can email questions or feedback to the tallyroom at gmail.com. Thanks to Christa Bro for writing the music you hear in this episode. Once again, thanks for listening.